Good afternoon to you, Jeff. Okay, I want to start with uh, Health Canada. They say the system worked in confirming our first case of a blood clot due to the AstraZeneca vaccine. Should Canadians, Dr. Gorfinkel, be having second or, I don't know, maybe this point, third or fourth thoughts about the AstraZeneca vaccine? Well, let's take a hard look at what the true risk of clots are. So the latest data, the overall risk, the forest through the trees, it's one in 250,000 people. Now, to put that into perspective, no family doctor will likely ever see a case. I don't, I've never seen a case. I don't know of any other doctor who has seen a case. So you have to think. I have about, I don't know, a couple thousand patients, maybe. So to get 250,000 people together, you'd have to have at least 25 doctors like myself to find one case. So this is highly, highly unusual. Now let's consider in comparison, once we're at it, what's the risk of getting a blood clot if you get COVID-19? So this is the problem. One in five hospitalized patients get a blood clot from the disease. So here, it's kind of a no-brainer. The risk of the blood clot from the disease by far outweighs the risk of the blood clot from AstraZeneca. And that's why, as we speak today, the National Advisory Committee on Immunizations has given the green flag the go-ahead to get the AstraZeneca clot, AstraZeneca vaccination at all ages. And, you know, you bring up a good point regarding uh, blood clots and just how common or not common they are. I know one of the top trending stories at globalnews.ca right now is comparing blood clot risks of uh, COVID-19 vaccines with uh, other common medicines, even traveling uh, and smoking. Absolutely. Consider, for example, you know, they're comparing it to the birth control pill. So, I mean, to be fair, these are completely different mechanisms. They happen, the blood clots happen by completely different ways. But let's say the birth control pill, which, by the way, is the most studied of all medications, more trial data on that than anything else. And the risk of being, of getting a blood clot for a 15 to 45-year-old woman on an oral contraceptive is 1 in 1,600. 1 in 1,600. And what did I just say? The overall risk for AstraZeneca vaccine is 1 in 250,000. So one, we've accepted, and we've accepted that risk for many, many, many years. But you know, because it's a new vaccination, we have to take signals very seriously, and that's what the National Advisory Committee on Immunization has done. But now that they've looked at the data and they consider that we're in the devastating effects of a third wave, and that one, the risk of a clot in a hospitalized patient is one in five, they figure, well, we better start vaccinating with the very first dose that anyone can get into their arm. So whether it's AstraZeneca, Pfizer, or Moderna, well, we've got to get those into arms as fast as possible. In the meantime, the FDA, Food and Drug Administration in the U.S., they have recommended a pause in using the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Now, there's a special meeting going on this afternoon. Is this also about blood clotting, and do you think that the J&J vaccine indeed will uh, get uh, the pause button hit on it? What's interesting is that both the J&J and the AstraZeneca vaccine work in a similar way. They're similar mechanisms. And again, it's one of these extremely weak signals. It's so weak that it could not have been picked up in the trial of the many thousands that they looked at. I think it was about 30,000 in the J&J trial, but don't quote me 100%, but it's in the tens of thousands. What do they see? Six cases of blood clots 
in 6.8 million doses. So again, it's like one of these one in a million things. But when you compare that to the risk of the disease, past the Johnson & Johnson dose, I will take it tomorrow personally myself. Because when you consider the risk in a hospitalized patient of getting a blood clot, is one in five. That's very, very concerning. Of course, Canada has yet to receive any J&J &J vaccine. Just as a friendly reminder, that's the vaccine that's a one-shot deal that Canada had pre-purchased some 10 million doses of. But unfortunately, the company has had some quality control issues, so that shipment may be delayed. But once it gets here, I look forward to giving it out in my own office because people are biting at the bit to get vaccinated at this point. Yeah, and that J&J &J vaccine is the fourth vaccine approved here in Canada. And I think we're somewhere around 40 million doses of it is expected here in Canada by June. But do you think any decision out of the U.S. might have some sort of implication for us here in Canada when it comes to Johnson & Johnson? Well, you know, it's all hands on deck when it comes to data. And the world watches what the world teaches when it comes to getting these doses. So we're looking not only at clinical data, but also at real world data. And Health Canada's got a tough job. It's doing constant rolling reviews, looking at data as soon as it comes available. So that that way, it can make its decision, is this going to be given to Canada? You know, what's going to happen? Johnson & Johnson has already been approved by Health Canada, so what now happens is NACI has to look at it, the National Advisory Committee on Immunizations. That's our federal body. It is a volunteer body made up of about 12 different doctors, mainly physicians, I should say, epidemiologists, public health, infectious disease, et cetera, who then give guidelines to the provinces and territories who then individually decide what they are going to do with that information. Now, historically, the provinces and territories have generally abided by exactly what the NACI guidelines have been. So what they say will generally come down the pipe, but they are watching this data very carefully. 